peace in a world at war. And, uh, you know, war, again, is not something that externally uh, has been unique to the world. It happens all the time. And certainly, just life itself has its own troubles. Just living life uh, on this earth, the Bible says you're going to have trials and tribulations. As a Christian, when you serve the Lord, when you give your life to Him, it does not exempt us from life's troubles. It does not exempt you from, as the Bible says, the rain falling on the just and the unjust. There are things that happen because we live in a fallen world. Now, we know that God's protection, His rest upon His people. Now, what does that mean? That means my confidence is in this. Any and everything that happens to me must be strained through the Master's hand. Now, you say, well, I don't understand why God allows certain things in my life. I will have to tell you, I don't always understand either. Someone that tells you they have it all figured out, I kind of am a little bit leery of. In fact, I would say run. (laughs) Because truly, the, the confidence that we have, the peace that we have, is not that we know everything. The peace that we have is not that everything is going to be paved in smooth road and never have a trouble, never have a bump, never have anything to cause us to work out a trial. It's in whose we are. It's in whom we have trusted. The book of Hebrews says that he has become an anchor for the soul. And if you have nowhere to anchor your soul, I will tell you that there's never been a time in history that will leave you without peace than today if there's no anchor for your soul. You will look and you will truly become despondent. The word of God, speaking of the times that are approaching before the time that Christ returns, says that people will die literally because their hearts will fail them because of the worry and the fear. So I don't know where... You are as far as a trial or a tribulation that is happening in your life this morning. But I can tell you this. Jesus can calm the storm. (laughs) Jesus can look at the winds and waves that are roaring and say, Peace, be quiet. In a moment. That's where my trust is. And my trust is also in the fact that if the waves continue to roar, if the wind continues to batter and buffet me, he still remains the Lord. And he is the Lord who will keep you. So we are going to look at a very important passage of Scripture as we talk about peace in a world at war. And again, we're just not talking about physical war. This is part three of our, of our sermon series in, in August. But we're going to be looking at 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians this morning, chapter 2. 
we're going to be looking all the way through the chapter. It's verses 1 through 17. So get ready. We're going to be reading the whole chapter. It's not a long chapter, but get ready to read. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering to him, that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now, so that, is, is, so that in his time he may be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with a breath of his mouth and bring to an end by his appearance of his coming. That is the one who coming in accordance with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness, for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, so as to be saved. And for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence, so that they might believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. That it was for this he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope, by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. Praise the Lord. What great good words for us today in a world that has no hope to offer us. In a world that truly is all about living for the moment. And when you look around, there's not a lot of moments sometimes in the world to live for. There is 
peace in knowing that nothing is out of God's control. So the message first this morning needs to be that we do not freak out. I love the ringtone. I haven't downloaded it yet, but I, I, I have been tempted that has the phone ringing and it says, don't freak out, man. It's just the phone. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I've, I, I've really come real close to downloading that. I'd like to maybe do that. But truly, he says, do not let your heart be be uh, uh, troubled here. And in fact, he uses the word, don't let it be disturbed and shake you from your composure. Now that's important. (laughs) Because sometimes I see ones that have called upon the Lord losing their spiritual composure. And as funny as it is, they look like a giraffe up in a tree. And you're like, how does that happen? And truly, when we look at it spiritually, because when God saves you, He not only forgives you and gives you that new heart, the Word of God in Ezekiel makes it clear that He places His spirit Spirit in you. Therefore, you have received, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about you receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A kingdom that is not of this world. A kingdom that is not external that you may see it. It's internal. It's in your heart. It's the Lord living in you. When he's living in you, you will not find yourself hanging on to a branch climbed up to the top of the tree. Don't lose your spiritual composure. Don't be disturbed. And listen, but he says, by spirit or a message or a letter as if it were from us. Now... If you know anything about me, you know that I am, I, I, I'm an information person. I love getting information. Sometimes it is to my detriment and I have to unplug because it's not healthy all the time. I, I, I fight that balance. My wife helps me. <laughs> but I will tell you, as much information as we can gather or have information should not be what drives us. You may get a report somewhere, but Paul says, don't be disturbed by it. Jesus puts it this way. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars. All these things happen. All of it has to happen. But it's going to happen in the end when God says... Not when man says, not when we think, not what our theory may play out. This is where I say we need to all understand we see through a glass dark and not die on the hill for something that is not a a truth that we need to die on the hill for. Okay? Don't literally 
cause someone to stumble in their faith because you are absolutely 100% convinced that it is pre-trib. If you cause a brother and sister to fall over that point, you are not wise. Let it go. Just let it go. (laughs) Because it's not that important. Be ready is the important thing. And I say to all of us, we must be ready because truly we do not want, as the Word of God says, to have our hearts in a place away from the Lord where that day will take us like a thief in the night. We want to be close to the Lord, that we are ready, that we are hearing from Him, and that we say we are not going to be shaken from our composure. By the way, 2 Timothy, if you write this down, verse number 1, 7, chapter 1, verse number 7, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7 says, God's not given us the spirit of fear. And anything that causes us to fear is not of the Lord. Uh, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that because verse number 8 is worth reading as well. For God has not given us the spirit of timidity, that's fear, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. It's not given us the spirit of fear. In fact, it ought to give us the spirit that says, if I suffer for the sake of the gospel, so be it. If I suffer on behalf of the name, so be it. I still will serve the Lord. So that's the first thing, is that we understand that we are not to be shaken from our composure. And then he says, let uh, no one deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Now, there's, again, these things have been talked about and debated. Apostasy means a falling away. Now, I will tell you, as I look, if I've ever seen a lot of falling away, it certainly is now. But we always have to temper that because... We in America think everything kind of revolves around us, but I will tell you, there are parts of the world that are on fire for God. I'm just telling you. There are places in South America where they can't build the churches fast enough to house the people of God. That is a hallelujah. Now, uh, do I see that, that uh, in our nation, yes, there's a great falling away. We need to pray. For our country. But the Lord says an apostasy will happen. Now I I do have to say in my study, I see that there are a lot of people that are following things harder and faster than they ever have. In fact, do you know that at this moment, Uh, It is not that people are not open to spiritual things. People are open to the Spirit more than ever before in the history of the world. 
The question is, whose spirit are they open to? That's the question. Because we've, uh, we've, we've had a point where people weren't open to anything. I'm telling you, people are open. That needs to make us excited because we have the truth of God. Don't be afraid or ashamed of the Holy Spirit. He himself is better seeker sensitive than you could ever be. And I say it again, how do we think that we are going to scare teenagers that have done everything and pierced every body part and done everything else with speaking in tongues or something else? You see, our own human logic gets in the way of what God wants to do sometimes. And we think, oh, but we can't, you know, let's just let God be God. And so during this time that we see a falling away, we need to be assured where we are. We need to say, Lord, let me be steadfast. Let me be standing firm. Says, and, the apostasy will come first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Now, again, we're going to get into some parsing here, and I'm not going to take a long period of time, but there are some who read this, and I see this. It says that all of these things will happen before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering of us. Now, again, as you look at that, unless you really believe that the Lord is going to come back in the air, gather us, and immediately go right back down to the earth... And I say, what happened to the marriage supper? <laughs> and what happened to the tribulation? <laughs> so, see, all these things we see through a, a glass dark, but, but is it possible that maybe we're going to get to see more of what is revealed than maybe we think we are? The point is we better be ready. And I say that to both of us, to all of us who have whatever preference of the, the tribulation that we have. If you're post-trib or if you're pre-trib and it doesn't happen pre-trib, are you going to be shaken? <laughs> Simply because the assemblies of God and other people have said you must be pre-trib? Boy, Pastor Brian, you're being politically totally incorrect. But what I'm wanting you to be is biblically correct. I don't want you to have a, a slant on, on certain theology. I want you to read the Word of God. I want you to dig in there. I want you to say, Lord, I'm going to be ready. And I'm going to be on fire for you until you come. And whenever that is, Lord, I will go. As I've said, I don't want to be here a second longer than what he wants. He may take me home before the, the rapture, but if he doesn't, I want to be on the first time he calls, <laughs> whenever that is. I don't want to be a second after. <laughs> then it says that this person, this Man of lawlessness, this son of destruction, will oppose and exalt himself above everything called God. Don't we see that from the very beginning that was Satan's problem? He says, I will exalt myself and be like God. 
you see the same person being revealed. Full of pride, full of self. And in fact, setting himself up in the temple, displaying himself as God. Well, what are we to do? Well, the first thing we need to understand is that he's coming. And as ominous as that is, we don't know what the Antichrist is going to be like, but we know he is coming. Now, as the Word of God says today, the, the man of lawlessness has already been at work, but he's holding back. He's being held back. I, I know I'm getting into a lot of theology, and I, you're all probably wondering where that all sifts out, okay? I'm simply going to tell you this. The, the, the best study that I can have is that what is holding him back? I believe. Because I, I cannot see it in any other way, and I'll tell you whether it be in one form or another, it is the Holy Spirit God. And I will tell you, it's either the Holy Spirit in his believers, but it's still God, not us. Do you hear me? This is why I say, who's holding it back? It's God. It's not anything to do with us, because even if it's us, it's God in us. It's not us. <laughs> Who's holding it back? The Holy Spirit, until He withdraws, until He allows the fullness of the Antichrist, of that person to be revealed, He is now restrained. Praise the Lord, isn't that a good, because I'll tell you why. Because God's not slack concerning His promise. That's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9. Don't you think that God has forgot his coming? He hasn't. He's not slack. He's not uh, forgetful. He's not, uh, you know, slipshod. God knows what he's doing. Second, or say, uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, He's patient with us, not willing that any should perish but that everyone should come to repentance. That, that the fact that he is restraining tells us the incredible mercy of God, the incredible heart of God. In the Bible, it's described in verse John 3.16 where it says he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have life everlasting. Amen. That's the hope. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the anchor for our soul. So this person, as ominous as he may be, is nothing for us as believers to fear. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We know, of course, about the Antichrist that there will come a time in his uh, short term in power where actually Satan will enter him. Wow. Uh, it's going to be a very, very, very bad time. But this is what the Lord says. 
That is, in verse number 9, the one who's coming in accord with the activity of Satan, that's the Antichrist, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness, for those who perish. Then it describes, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. There's coming a time God's grace, God's mercy goes out and out and out and out. But there's coming a time just as he shut the door of the ark. And, tr- and hear me, you look at it in Genesis. Noah didn't shut the door to the ark. God shut the door to the ark. God's going to shut the door on this too. It's not going to be shut by any man, not going to be shut by any theory. It's going to be shut when God says it's time to shut the door. And when that happens, you've heard of the, the term time's up? You've never seen a time's up like this time's up. It says, because they did not receive the love of the truth. And then it says further, for this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence. And I have heard people say, well, I will never serve God because he sends people to hell. And I'll say he never will send one person. There will not be anyone there that can say, look what God did to me. God did everything he could, including his son dying on a cross to get them out of there. It will be because of their own hard heart, stubborn, that turned from God and spurned him and spurned him and spurned him, not receiving the gift of his son. And it says... So, in verse 11, they may believe what is false, he will send that, in order that they may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. Now, I want to describe this because there are, there are some Christians that have come to me in fear and trembling, saying, you know, I, I, I'm that person because I'm struggling. I fall into sin during the week and it just, and I said, where's your heart in it? I'm struggling. It kills me. It breaks my heart. I said, good. Because if it's breaking your heart and you're calling on God and you're asking for him to help you, that's a great sign. If you're just in there and you don't care and you're saying, oh, well, you know, God knows and I'm just going to continue headlong into sin, that's different. You hear me? These are ones who took pleasure in wickedness. Paul writes in Romans chapter 7, we're in good company. He says, I don't understand what I do. Those things that I want to do, I don't do. Those things that I want to stop doing, that is what I continue in. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah! His foot will go on the head of Satan and he will be vanquished. 
And when he places his foot there, it's over. Hallelujah. So the scripture says this. Stand firm. Stand firm. Don't let anything move you. Don't be moved by what's happening in the world. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's biblical. But don't be disturbed. Don't be disturbed about external things. One of the best, greatest sermons I heard preached through a vessel West Dottenbaugh was about if it's an external problem, not a problem. If it becomes an internal problem, that's a problem. You may have all kinds of things happening externally that you don't like, that that you're not happy with. Don't let it bug your spirit. Keep your spirit sweet before God. And, and, And I tell you, there's no one that has failed more times at this than myself. Sometimes I look at my life and sometimes I look at areas of my life and I think, Lord, how did I allow that little silly thing and literally it could be as small as a gnat and I had a conniption fit over it. My face literally fell off. (laughs) And I look back and I say, Lord, I feel like such a fool, but God knows. And so, don't be rattled. Stand firm. You say, well, how do I stand firm? I don't have the strength. That's true, but he's holding on to you. You're not holding on to him. He's holding you, and he who holds you is faithful. For us who have made a choice, let's talk about it. Verse 13, it says, But you should always give thanks to God for you, loved by the Lord, chosen from the beginning. Why is that? Because God, before he laid the foundation of the earth, had the plan of salvation. When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. It was for this, in verse 14, he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. As wonderful as heaven's going to be, I can't imagine it. As wonderful as the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, all that's going to be there, I think the thing that I want to see most is Jesus. I just want to be next to him. I want to see the one who took the nail for me. I think the greatest prize in heaven 
is going to be the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm, verse 15, and hold to the traditions from which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or whether by letter from us. God has given us an entire book saying here, dig into it, this is all you need until you see me face to face. As I see that day approaching, I say we need to crack it more often, we need to study it more often, and as the scripture says, we need not forsake the gathering of ourselves together, but we need to encourage one another, not just corporately, do it in groups, do it taking out one or two, encourage, speak the word of God to one another, encourage one another in the Lord. And in fact, that's what he goes on to say. He says, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and has given us eternal comfort, good hope by grace. You see the difference? God gives you an eternal hope. The world offers temporary pleasure and a hope that lasts for a moment. And it's such a... It's such a, a I, I, I don't even like to call it hope because it really isn't. It's false. Everything about it is false. You realize everything about what they offer is temporal and false. It's decaying. That's all they have to offer is ash. We're, we're nothing truly but, but ash. But with Him, He will on that day whether we are raised with him from the dead and meet him in the air or whether we are caught up, we're going to be changed, the Bible says, in a twinkling of an eye, in an instant when we see him. And our bodies will become heavenly bodies. It's going to be an incredible thing. Then what should we do? And here's the thing. Stand firm because it says, Comfort and strengthen your hearts. And here it is. In every good work and word. So we're not just to sit around. We're not just to sit here. He says to occupy, to continue. What is God's heart right now? That as long as it is a moment for someone to be saved, we ought to be about the Lord's business. Jesus said to his disciples, didn't you know, and he said to his parents, that I had to be about the Lord's work? He says they're coming a day when night will fall and no one can work. So work while you have the moment. Don't let one person that's in your sphere of influence not know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope in him. So he says to occupy, to stand firm, because truly, in the end, we win. We win. Like the person that has climbed and has finally reached the very tippy top of a mountain with their hands raised in the air, as exuberant as that feeling must feel, 
and I have no intention of ever climbing a mountain. <laughs> cold weather does not impress me, okay? And, and it's too cold on the mountain. <laughs> I just, I can't have enough clothing on to stay warm. <laughs> but I tell you, as exuberant as that feeling is, and I've seen those that have climbed, and it's got to be a rush to be on top. But I'll tell you, nothing will be like the rush when he takes you and says, hey, we win. <laughs> Hallelujah! Give him a shout of praise! Thank you, Jesus. So let not your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus, the master, and Savior is at the helm, and He is in control. Bow your head with me this morning.